2: Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you find us on Blog Talk Radio, subscribe to us on iTunes, and we do air on Dash Radio. With me, as always, the incomparable Nick Faye. How are we, Nicholas?
3: I'm doing great, Jack. Ready to talk some nets, and I'm pretty pumped Rick and Morty got extended for 70 episodes.
2: Damn, seven, I, I, when I saw that, I mean, it was a heck of a day. Brooklyn Nine-Nine gets canceled. Hulu might be picking it up, and then Rick and Morty, it's. My, my emotions, Nick, my emotions.
3: Oh, I didn't know Hulu might pick up Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
2: Yeah, there was some furor coming around. People on like Twitter were talking about Netflix as well. I would be very, very surprised. Obviously, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine has an impact on all of our hearts because you know, they represent the city. I'm sure that there's a couple of episodes where there's some guys wearing some Nets jerseys. They do but... mention
3: the Nets a few times, yeah. Jake, so I think, is a Nets fan.
2: So it makes sense. So we've got to, we've got to advocate for those guys. Make sure... Hulu, Netflix, if you're listening, pick them up, give us a call on the buzz. But (laughs) today we are talking about the rookie center, Jared Allen, had an awesome season by uh, his own standards and by many standards. One of the steals of the draft at a pick 22. But Nick, what were your thoughts on Jared Allen's 2017-18 season?
3: Incredible season you know it's, it's unexpected we didn't expect Jared Allen to put up eight points five rebounds a game two offensive 1.2 blocks you know the best of all the rookies field goal percentage I think was very impressive as well 58 percent free throws 77 percent. just really an incredible season from him from a guy that a lot of people going to the year even you know we mentioned on here that he'd spend some time in the G League that didn't happen You know, after that Mexico City trip, he was kind of ready to impact the game a lot. And he mentioned, you know, getting that block on Mello was a really cool moment for him. And after that, I felt like he really took off.
2: Yeah, you look at where he was at the start of the season and in terms of the glut of the big name that we have with Mozgov and Zella, and for the fact that a rookie was able to usurp those guys who were seasoned, you know, NBA guys that have been around, you know, obviously Mozgov, I doubt we'll be doing a season review on him in probably a (laughs) minute or two. But he was able, like that confidence that he got just from early season play, I feel like Coach Kenny's um, coaching and his style with Jared Allen and probably the assistant coaches as well, the impact they had on him can't be understated. Uh, the, we mentioned a piece by James Herb from CBS Sports. We, um, uh, we talked about that on the, on, the, on the previous pods as well. You know, his overall demeanor, his want to be successful. Uh, I think that, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. And, you know, his numbers were, you know, not lofty, but in terms of his, his production, and you look at his late-season production, and as a starter for a rookie center, I mean, you can't you can't say any more.
3: Yeah, and the stats don't do him justice because of his impact on the floor. When he was out there, it definitely made a difference offensively and defensively. In the pick-and-roll, catching oops defensively, his shot-block ability by the end of the season was very impressive. And he showed us some nice versatility defending some smaller guys at times. So, I mean, there's just a lot to like about Jared Allen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, he's had, he had a game with over five blocks. He had 11 games with three to four blocks. And he played 72 games as well. So his durability as well um, was quite good. You know, Coach Kenny and Sean Mark sat him out a few when, when it was needed. Um, I know I was a little bit frustrated with that at times, but obviously it paid off because his late-season form, he hit the rookie wall for a short period. But, you know, that was obviously quite short-lived. You know, all, all, all rookies have been hitting the rookie wall. Look at Donovan Mitchell in these playoffs lately and Ben Simmons as well. But I feel like Jared Allen's sort of rookie wall was short-lived. And, you know, he was able to sort of develop this awesome partnership that we saw with Karis LeVert. And, you know, he's defensive on offensive prowess. You know, the sky's the limit on both ends.
3: You're right. He hit the rookie, rookie wall and then he just jumped right over it. Like it was yeah, a short And it was fine. You know, it's not a big deal. And there's just, like you said, so much to like the length, the wingspan, the height, the vertical, you know, the agility, his basketball IQ in his – mentality to want to be better you know his personality too I think there's just so much to like about him physically mentally there's just a lot to like about his game this first season for you what was the most impressive thing that you didn't expect going into the year
2: I think his versatile at the free throw shooting and his versatility to do, to guard some smaller guys I mean we know our big men in today's NBA are generally a, a elite rim protectors that's what you want to sort of build the foundation of your defense on you know an elite sensor who can protect that rim but Jared Allen had some times where, you know, he would get blown by, but he didn't really let that get to him. His mentality, I I really liked, as we we mentioned. And, you know, his ability from the free throw line, I feel like that's one thing. We didn't expect him to be anywhere near that 70% mark, 77% mark, which is closer to the 80% mark. And that's generally a key indicator of how you are from the perimeter. So if he can keep that high enough, you know, if he nailed a couple of threes, for me, that's not the important thing. I feel like that free throw percentage is going to be one thing that he's going to be if he can maintain, you know, around a 70% mark, you know, he gets to the line using his frame as his maturation increases and improves, then it's going to be an absolutely awesome sight for Nets fans.
3: And the two things you mentioned, you know, the free throw percentage and the versatility defensively allow Kenny to play him later in the game sometimes. You know, you have a big like a Dwight Howard or an Andre Drummond. He improved, but still not a great free throw shooter. You can't really play them late because you're scared of that free throw game. A guy like Jared Allen's going to knock it down. In his rookie season, he improved a ton. I think going to next year, I wouldn't be surprised if he shot over 80% from the free throw line. You hinted at the three pointers. We saw a couple this year, and I think that's something he develop because his jump shot does not look bad at all. And offensively, I think he has a good understanding of where he needs to be to find space and kind of get some of those easy dunks, which is going to lead to a lot of fouls. So that ability to knock down free throws is going to be huge for the rest of his career.
2: Now, Nick, we've we've had a lot of comparisons for Jared Allen with guys like Clint Capella, DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert. What do you think is the most apt comparison for our boy, the Fro?
3: I think Clint Capella. Like, Rudy Gobert... It's just a different type of animal, and I think he's longer and, you know, the better shot blocker and rim protector, but he can't get out on the perimeter kind of like Jared Allen. We've seen Clint Capella in these playoffs get out there and defend some guards and really do a good job in that Utah series. He even picked up Donovan Mitchell a few times, so I think that's a comparison I really like, and offensively, he does some similar things to Capella, finds the, you know, the open space or the oops and the dunks. But I think there's also a little bit more potential offensively than the guys we mentioned because of that possibility to have a three-point shot, his footwork. You know, he's showed a couple of post moves. To, like I mentioned, the basics of his jump shot. Just I think he's a little farther ahead offensively than these guys were at this point in their career. Yeah, I think
2: you certainly make a huge call in, in, in that sort of sense. Clint Capella has probably been the best center in these playoffs right now. And that's saying something for a guy like Rudy Gobert, who we believe will probably be the defensive player of the year. He was absolutely massive in that Utah Jazz series and in his defense, as you mentioned. You know, he's Clint Capella's free throw percentage. Um, his, for, for his career, 48% and this year, 56%. So he's absolutely incrementally grown. Um, there's been some great pieces on ESPN about his growth and his development as a player. Uh, Rudy Gobert as well has sort of found the, uh, a great partner in crime with Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio as well. So he's got some nice backcourt uh, partners there. But I think Jared Allen as well, his growth with our sort of backcourt with D'Lo and Karras is going to be a key for his success. How those guys impact him because Jared Allen as well, we saw some nice in terms of his offense, some nice sort of like depth touches down low, some spin moves, um, some real sort of uh, bullying and some nice dunks when he sort of realized, you know what? All right, I can destroy Laurie Mark and him. I can end his career <laughs> if I want to. And obviously, That's what actually, I was
3: like, thinking when you said that.
2: <laughs> an absolute season highlight for... For the Nets in general, Um, obviously, he's, you know, it was just such an awesome play. And I I like those two comparisons, but at at the same time, you know, they were both picked in in similar spots. You know, Jared Allen at pick 22, Clint Capella pick 25, Rudy Gobert pick 27, you know, late in that first round. You know, you you can see the development and the confidence. And I feel like the system around him you know, he's a core foundation piece with D for me going forward. And uh, the sky's the limit. And I, I think I've said that a million times, and I'm going to keep on saying it because it literally is. He feels
3: like the safest bet on the Nets. You know, the safest yeah. bet to probably be in, you know, hit, I don't want to say his highest potential, but be a very good center in this league. Maybe, you know, a top 10 type guy with the ability he's shown and the versatility he's shown and the potential to be better. I really am going to be intrigued by what he can do offensively to his game. He mentioned on he's going to work on his offensive skill this summer, the dribbling, you know, the, the jump shots, the footwork, kind of improving that area. And you mentioned, you know, some of the spin moves, the one shot dribbles and getting in there. Also, we saw a couple of floaters and teardrops, and I think that'd be a really interesting thing to make him a, a dominant guy in that pick and roll. And you hinted at, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Karras, Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jeremy Lynn. All, even Joe Harris hit him a couple of times in Alan Crabb and Damari yeah. Carroll just because he's such a big target. You know, getting him the ball in the right spots and catching him for those oops and easy dunks. And I think he's just going to be a problem moving forward for a lot of teams.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we all saw our boys out in L.A. and Jared Allen was hiding in the background of that Instagram photo. <laughs> he was. Make sure you guys check that out. I think Nets Daily tweeted it out or check out the Instagram of Damari Carroll. Um, it was great to see. I think, you know, Jared Allen has this sort of really loads of, uh, this sort of low-key uh, demeanor that we were talking about in terms of, I reckon he could be, the, has the potential to be a low-key sort of superstar. You know, not necessarily a number one guy, but could certainly be a 1A. Um, centers these days, you know, you, you want them to be able to do so many different things, and that's one thing that Jared ha- Jared Allen has in his favor. I don't think he's limited by you know any sort of expectations of like you know your ceiling is here. You know, you can only you know you're only a three and D guy. You can only shoot threes and you can only block the rim. No, you can you can guard these you know um, wings. You can guard these guards. You know, we want you to sort of realize your potential and sort of grow. And I feel like. The fact that there's, it's untapped potential is a lot more exciting than to say for a guy like a Rudy Gobert who is awesome and is probably going to be the best defensive center in the NBA for, for many years to come because he still has youth on his side. He's got that max contract behind him. But Jared Allen in his first season, this is unless injury was to befall him and you know, knock on wood that that's not going to happen. It's the it's the least that we're going to see of him. This is the, the, less, the most raw version of Jared Allen. He can only get better from here. And you're comparing, you know, in years, like Rudy Gobert in his first season, Clint Capella in his first season, they certainly showed flashes, but the flashes from Jared Allen were a a lot more, um, a lot more sustained than from that of Clint Capella and Rudy Gobert. So in terms of the comparison aspect, that's certainly very promising.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, Jared Allen, this is probably maybe high, you know, high standards, but I think if he was on a playoff team right now, he'd be getting rotation minutes. Yep. Because I think he's just capable of at this point in his career. I mean, there's just so much to like about it, like you said. And the versatility offensively and defensively is going to be something. You know, we've been, being, we've been really positive, but we do have to mention a few negatives. What do you think has been some of the issues for him
2: in his first season? Yeah, we, I think I, I had in my notes that, you know, he's got bodied a bit by the big guys. by the Not necessarily like the big lumbering guys, but the big lumbering guys that had some NBA experience. Joel Embiid like, got um, him good. Joel Embiid, um, Al Jefferson. Uh, Dwight Howard. Um, the second time around, I think he had his own uh, against Dwight Howard, which was which was kind of nice to sort of see him redeem himself. But I feel like that was going to happen. And most of the time, Coach Kenny sort of left him out there because left that as sort of a learning experience for him. You know, how are you going to defend this? You know, you are going to be our center going forward. You know, you're not our strongest guy on the roster by any means. You know, we could put out Mozgob in this sense, but we want you to let you learn and figure this out. You know, sort of sagging off them a little bit and using his length. Um, he started to realize you know, his own capabilities, and his own floor awareness, um, and to, especially towards that end of the season. And it was nice to see him sort of go, look, if you're going to get your own, I'll get to my own buckets on the other, other, on the other end as well. So, you know, he, that confidence certainly didn't waver despite the fact that, you know, he was certainly put in his place, especially by a guy like Joel Embiid, who uh, probably is the best center in terms of all-round defense and offense in today's NBA, despite, you know, his uh, lackluster series against the Celtics.
3: Yeah, and the crazy thing is it's a lackluster series and he still put up some pretty nice numbers. <laughs> I know, it was insane.
2: he's so good.
3: <laughs> Jared Allen, you know, like you said, Jack, you pretty much hit it right on the head. The fact is he's just a little undersized this season weight-wise. He needs to hit the weight room, which I'm sure he'll do. Like you mentioned, a low-key star player, he kind of has a similar mentality to Kawhi Leonard, where you know they're just going to put in a ton of work. You might not see it a lot on Instagram or anything, and he might be hiding behind his teammates, but he's definitely going to be doing it. So I think post-defense, obviously. Overall defense, he showed great flashes, but there's still, you know, a couple little things. You know, sometimes just standing up straight instead of biting on the pump fake, you're so long and lanky. And I think setting some better screens will help too on the offensive end.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, one thing about his screen that I sort of really liked, and this was sort of an early sort of uh, trait that I sort of saw from him early in the season. And it's sort of one little tidbit that I like about him in terms of his versatility in the pick and roll and how he sort of uses his body and contorts it. You know, his quickness to be able to... Sometimes he won't even make contact contact, sorry, with the defender and he'll sort of really... He'll, he'll roll really quickly to the rim because he's got some nice sort of lateral quickness about him that a lot of big guys at his size don't have. So he sort of like will bait the defender somewhat and sort of go and roll and sort of... In, in, and at times, you know, I feel like that's one little thing that he can use to his advantage. You know, he's got some really awesome lateral quickness and that's a, a real key aspect in the, in the pick and roll that um, a lot of big guys don't have. They're sort of a, a little bit slower, a bit more lumbering. Um, and if he can develop a little bit of a handle as well, then, um, I mean, we're, we're putting a lot of, you know, so many different things for this guy. Um, but with what we've seen this season, who knows what can happen. So the pick and roll is one area, especially with Karis LeVert, that I'm sure we'll chat about. Um, it, it's been a, a nice aspect and it's only going to get better.
3: Yeah, I think that's another great point, Jack. You know, the way he was able to kind of sneak around, you know, knowing that he couldn't always set the hardest screens, and almost like he kind of confused a big because he's not used to having a guy so quick. It's kind of like almost running the pick and roll with Rondé, But, you know, Allen would just get to the rim so quick, and he didn't really need a lot of space to finish the oop. And the guys like Karras, D'Lo, and Dinwiddie were able to kind of hit him easily. And now if he's able to set some hard screens too, where the defender has to anticipate him, that bait is going to work even better. So I yeah, think if he's yeah. can, able to kind of set some of those harder screens, especially I think off ball with the Nets offense, you know, setting some big screens to get guys like Joe Harris and Allen Crabb wide open will have a big impact.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to see because obviously d is our foundation guy at, at, at the point guard. And obviously Jared Allen is our foundation at the center. You know, you're two sort of key cornerstones there. I want to see how their partnership develops. You know, these guys are going to be our starters for five, six years going on. And, you know, when we're in the playoffs, they're hopefully our two sort of stars. And, you know, we might have a third one as well. You obviously need three. But I want to see how they can develop their sort of partnership. Delo's uh, sort of ability to slow down the game a little bit doesn't necessarily work as well with Jared Allen's sort of, you know, sort of pace that he likes to quicken it up a little bit. He reads Karras Levert that a little bit better. He's positioning. Um, they've got that sort of you know, intangible sort of knowledge of each other's game. I want to see how um, D'Lo and him can develop a sort of relationship on and off court because you know D'Lo's got that sort of swagger about him. Jared Allen it's sort of like you know the odd couple somewhat but <laughs> know, sometimes the the, the biggest mismatches make the, the best on-court relationships and I think it's going to come to fruition hopefully this season.
3: Yeah, and I feel like earlier in the season they weren't necessarily on the same page but you saw DeAngelo and him chat a lot going to the sidelines or on the bench and I felt like by the end of the season that relationship really improved on the court and probably off the court as well.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly believe that. But in terms of the draft, Nick, we got him at pick 22. If you were to go back right now and we were to redraft, and I'm sure um, we'll be doing a piece or have already done a piece on that on OTG basketball, we've got so many guys there. But where would you have Jared Allen ranked right now? Is he a top 10 guy based off a redraft?
3: I think there's a real possibility is I'd have to go back and really look at the draft class. But I think this year, I mean, filling, if I was filling out a rookie, you know, You know, first team, I would think Jared Allen would be the center to pick. He just was so impactful on the team. And some of the advanced stats won't favor him because the Nets obviously weren't a great team this season. But I think one thing that just sticks out is he had the best offensive rating on the team and the best defensive rating on the team as a rookie. So, like,
2: it's crazy. It's it's massive. For a guy like – and his impact, you know, we see in so many of these – the stats will come out, whether it's by StatMuse or ESPN stats. Jared Allen is all, obviously always in the mix there with guys like, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons. He's always there. And, you know, to see that from a guy that, you know, we expected to be a G League sort of candidate for, you know, 30, 40 games, and he ends up playing 70 games and is one of the most impressive top 10 rookies. You know, I feel like he's better. Um, I, 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 he's even or slightly a little bit worse than... John Collins. I feel like John Collins is probably the best big man from this draft. And obviously, Larry Markinen as well. But I feel like he's the top three in, in terms of big men. Um, obviously, you know, Jason Tatum uh, is awesome, as is Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma. But he's certainly within that class that I feel like he's definitely an all-NBA um, rookie team, first or second easily.
3: Yeah, and I think you could make the argument he's better than John Collins or he's gonna have a better career than John Collins. And I that's nothing against him, but I just like Jared Allen's versatility and the length and wingspan and he's not undersized, except in the weight room where he's able to kinda add, you know, add size where John Collins isn't gonna be able to get any bigger, new taller.
2: No, he's not. And you know, his free throw percentage, John Collins, happens to be seventy one percent. He's got three ball, I feel like, for John Collins. If he can get that going, then that's gonna be a weapon because obviously as a he could be literally the prototypical sort of, you know, small ball five guy. Um, I, I like, uh, as, a, as a guy who's probably best skill is his rebounding, um, I really like John Collins in, in that aspect. Sort of just being able to just get offensive rebounds and just eat them up. And that's one area I think that Jared Allen can even get a little bit better at. Uh, you know, just being able to go, look, you know, this is all we want you to do tonight. If it's just like, you know, get some offensive boards and get some putbacks. Because there were nights where he had his own in that sense. Um, and he has a, some real potential there. Know, Steven Adams and Andre Drummond are probably two of the best best in the league. But if Jared Allen can be a sort of top five guy in that department with the other centers, then that's going to be awesome for him.
3: Yeah, and offensive rebounds to a game as a rookie is pretty impressive. And I think, you know, maybe he doesn't even have to be one of the bruisers getting offensive rebounds. He could be more like a Tyson Chandler type where he's just tipping the ball out constantly and really is annoying. But he's so long and lanky and has a good vertical. That could be a skill that he really develops.
2: Yeah, and um, term, in terms of where he goes from here, Nick, You know, what do you expect from Jared Allen next season? What do you expect those numbers to be? Or you do even care about those numbers? What's the do you want to see that three ball dropper? Do you want to see him maintain the free throw percentage? Do you want to see his pick and roll partnership? Is it all of the above? Is it A, B, C, and D?
3: Yeah, I think you, you know, it it doesn't really matter with the numbers. I think we will see an improvement, though, because the minutes will probably pick up. I'd like to see him closer to 10 rebounds because that's an area where the net struggle is rebounding. So having him kind of have a big impact on the boards would be huge. And he doesn't necessarily have to put up a ton of points, he could really get to 12 or 14. It's more about sucking the defense in when he does roll to the rim and kind of opening it up for shooters. You know, I'd like to see him kind of, you know, discipline himself a little bit more defensively, get that shot blocks maybe up to two a game offensively, just keep doing his thing in the pick and roll. Maybe give him a few post-ups here and there. If he wants to shoot a three in the corner here and there, that's fine. But it's all about developing that pick and roll. Like you hinted at dribbling, I think, you know, one or two dribbles to the rim and kind of getting up for the dunk or a layup is going to be huge. So I think that pick and roll, just polishing that to the fullest is going to be huge. And like I said, setting screens. But his overall impact, I want to see it improve and be more consistent from quarter to quarter.
2: Absolutely. Consistency and overall impact, those are two, you know, very intangible things that I think Jarrett can have uh, going forward, but guys, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts at OTG Basketball on Twitter at OTG Nick at the J-Man jbt Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Blood Court Radio. We're on Dash Radio too. So thanks for listening, and as always, Nick, been a pleasure.
3: Thank you, Jack, and everybody. Enjoy the NBA playoffs, and Nets will be there soon enough. Yeah.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.